100 years ago in 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States was signed into law and officially granted 20 million American women the right to vote. This mass expansion in voting rights was the result of generations of intense activism known as the women's suffrage movement that has had a lasting legacy on the continued fight for equality in America. In recognition of the struggles and achievements of a once disenfranchised majority, Preservation Maryland is honored to present our contribution to the national efforts illuminating this important history, Ballot and Beyond. Hello, I'm Diana Bailey, Executive Director of the Maryland Women's Heritage Center. We're thrilled to partner with Preservation Maryland by expanding the Ballot and Beyond podcast project with stories of valiant Maryland women who worked for suffrage. In addition to featuring suffragists, several of these new podcasts also represent significant women whose historic contributions and achievements have led to their induction into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame. Our mission at the Maryland Women's Heritage Center is to add her story to history to tell our story in all aspects of our lives. We are especially concerned with representing the critical intersectionality of race and gender in the history of the suffrage movement. As new documentation comes to light, we are sharing the important contributions of African Americans and many other diverse women and men who sought equality, inclusion, and justice for all. Enjoy the podcast and continue to share their stories. This episode of Ballot and Beyond, contributed by the Maryland Women's Heritage Center, is written and read by Christine R. Valerian, founder of the Women's Equality Day Celebration Across Maryland Coalition and volunteer with the Maryland Women's Heritage Center. Mrs. Edward H. Harris, Sr. As president of the Just Government League of Allegheny County, Mrs. Edward Harris led the organization at a critical time through two of the most seminal moments in Maryland's suffrage history. Her activism is well documented, but in typical fashion for the time, she is always referred to as either Mrs. Edward Harris or Mrs. Edward H. Harris Sr. and never credited under her own name, which was possibly Ellen. Thus, not much is known about her origin story beyond what can be identified in the context of her husband. She was born in New Jersey, as was her husband, in about 1851. The Harrises married in 1878, had four children, and by 1910 had moved to Cumberland, Maryland. The Allegheny County Just Government League was established in March 1911 in Cumberland at a large meeting of persons favoring votes for women. Harris became president of the league in 1914 after the first president, Floris McCaig, resigned due to ill health. Almost immediately, Harris turned her attention to the national campaign being planned by the Congressional Union the precursor to Alice Paul's National Women's Party. The strategy was to target principal resort regions of the United States during the summer holiday season. A funding plea in the Congressional Union newsletter urges, there are halls to be rented, literature to be printed, 
and traveling expenses of speakers and organizers to be paid. Let us join hands in making it possible to carry this campaign from the Atlantic to the Pacific and from Canada to Mexico so that there will be no place in the country this summer where the cause of suffrage will not be preached. In Maryland, the holiday campaign was coordinated by the state and local branches of the Just Government League and focused on Allegheny and Garrett counties. The tour began in Frostburg in June and Harris met the delegation coming from Baltimore at the train station. The Baltimore group included Lola Trax, Edna Latimer, and Miss Mary Brennan, from whom we have the following account. After giving the bugle call to announce the start of the open air meeting, all Frostburg seemed to be gathered together at our corner within five minutes. There was a steady audience of 500 or more. A generous collection was taken, 50 papers sold, and 31 members secured. Brennan continues, The meeting at Lonaconing was the first open-air meeting in the town's history. The meeting in this little coal mining town, 1,200 feet above Cumberland, was a great success, with 23 new members signing on. In Cumberland, Harris presided over the meeting in the City Hall Auditorium, which was reported as receiving an enthusiastic reception. The auditorium was filled with representative women of the city and a sprinkling of male supporters. 50 new members were signed up. Concluded Miss Brennan, the Cumberland spirit is as wonderful as its clear mountain air. The following year, Congressman David Lewis of the 6th District was the recipient of a targeted campaign of persuasion. The Baltimore Sun reported that Lewis had received at least two meeting requests by letter, but that there was considerable doubt as to whether he wants to dodge them. The congressman finally acquiesced, and a meeting was scheduled for July 2, 1915, in his Cumberland office. Again, a small group from the state branch of the Congressional Union and Just Government League traveled from Baltimore to join the Allegheny County suffragists. The delegation met at the Windsor Hotel and held an open-air meeting before heading to the congressman's office. Forty women wearing purple, white, and gold regalia and carrying flags marched down Baltimore Street. Lewis ushered the women into his office and, according to the Congressional Union newsletter, seated himself with an exhausted air and remained seated throughout the proceedings. The fact that he remained seated was also noted in the Baltimore Sun and local papers. Harris began the interview. Mr. Lewis, we are anxious to know why you voted against the Susan B. Anthony Amendment in the last Congress. From the platform at one of our meetings, you openly declared yourself for woman suffrage. She concluded with a direct appeal for his support in the next session. Lewis, described as a Maryland progressive in the press, 
who gave multiple speeches in favor of the federal government taking over telegraph and telephone services, replied, There are several reasons why the states, particularly in the southern states, should not be forced to enfranchise women through federal legislation. If the Constitution should be amended to give the vote in such a wholesale manner, 45,000 Negro women would be given the ballot in Maryland, a condition wholly intolerable. Edna Latimer from Baltimore shot back, but Mr. Lewis, should the 365,000 women of Maryland go without the vote because there are 45,000 Negro residents of the state? The issue was discussed exhaustively and the suffragists were hopeful. Support was so strong in Lewis's district that it was thought he could be persuaded to vote for the amendment and represent his constituency appropriately. The headline in the Baltimore Sun the following day announced the result of their efforts. Lewis refuses women. Congressman declares opposition to suffrage measure. Question state issue, he says. The women were undeterred. That summer, the Allegheny County League switched gears and threw a garden party in Cumberland. There was dancing, an oriental palmist, an ice cream booth, and 10-minute speeches on the topic, why should not women vote? In addition to her leadership with the Allegheny County League, Harris also served as president of the local branch of the Maryland SPCA and vice president of the Cumberland Civic Club, which elected her delegate to the State Federation of Women's Clubs. According to the Cumberland Evening Times, in 1920, immediately after word was received about the ratification of the 19th Amendment, Mrs. William Troxell, the current president of the local league, sent a telegram to Harris in Windsor, California. The article states that Harris had been head of the local association in favor of women's suffrage for many years while a resident of Cumberland. It provides the telegram text verbatim. All hail Tennessee. Greetings from your loyal suffrage constituents. Americanism always wins. Whether Harris had moved to California or was visiting is unknown, as is the date of and details about her death. What is known and clear, however, is that Mrs. Edward H. Harris Sr. played a key role in moving the suffrage movement forward in Allegheny County. Thank you to our many Maryland's Heritage Center volunteers who researched, edited, and brought these stories to the community by reading these podcasts. Researchers and historians are always seeking information about women and their stories. Our efforts to find and document their contributions is ongoing. If you have letters, articles, memorabilia from your past or in your attic or basement, please share with us so that we can continue to fill in the unsung heroine stories 
for a richer understanding of Maryland women and their contributions to our history. To donate materials or to make a financial gift in support of this work, please visit ballotandbeyond.org. When you're there, you can also listen to biographies from Season 1 and see historic images and transcripts from each episode. If you're inspired by these remarkable women, please share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and students. And rate us on Apple Podcasts or head over to preservecast.org to make a donation. Thank you. Ballot and Beyond is a multimedia history project powered by Preservation Maryland and our award-winning podcast, PreserveCast. It's produced with financial support from Gallagher, Evelius, and Jones, Attorneys at Law, and the Maryland Historical Trust. With a Heritage Fund grant from Preservation Maryland and the Maryland Historical Trust, Season 2 was researched, written, and read by the Maryland Women's Heritage Center.